Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 43 of He Book, She Book. I'm Mike. And I'm Becca. And we missed a week of our podcast because we had some, you know, unexpected crap popping up, literally. And We're back. We're back now. So before we jumped into what happened this past week in wrestling, we still need to touch on a few little things like Survivor Series. The fact that NXT 2.0 is hot garbage and we haven't been watching it, but we will watch War Games. And the fact that WWE released more people. Yeah, so we we missed some stuff. Um, it's sad that you did say little things like Survivor Series because and <laughs> yeah. I, I want to talk about this uh, more in a little bit when we get to Survivor Series, but we do want to open up with the fact that we did have more releases and we haven't talked about the fact that Keith Lee is now a free agent. Um, we didn't talk about the fact that Hit Row got released. All of it. All of them. Originally, we did say how BFAB got released and then the next week, the rest of Hit Row got released. John Morrison is gone. Jack Riker is gone. Shane Thorne is gone. Drake Maverick and Tegan Knox. Yeah, poor Tegan Knox never got that uh, women's champion, that tag team women's championship opportunity that she earned with Shotzi back when they both had first and last names. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, just the fact that, again, budget cuts. And like, I get, like, the, like, Taya Valkyrie. Uh, when she got released, it wasn't. It was. It was still shocking because she, you know, she wasn't being used, and it was just a weird with like NXT changing to NXT 2.0. It was a weird thing. But then to release John Morrison, her husband, just like a few weeks later. Well, what's even weirder is before the Miz left, he was starting a feud. Like him and Morrison yep. were friends, and then he was starting this feud with Morrison, and then he left to go do Dancing with the Stars or whatever be the case. Like, and Miz then, leaving basically cost John Morrison his job. Exactly. What happens when Miz comes back now? He has nobody... He has nobody to even line a feud up with. Like, how do we bring The Miz back into this? We're never going to let The Miz just, like, go. No. So he's... Here's the thing, We also, have to figure out a new feud for him. There's so many guys, and Xavier Woods got um, asked this recently, like, what would you do if your name came up on one of those lists? And he basically implied that, it's like, okay, cool. You know, that would suck, but also he has things lined up, and he has accomplished pretty much everything that he wanted to accomplish, in the WWE. Right, and, and there are other promotions, but it's not even the fact of the matter he needs to go to another promotion. Somebody like Woods yes. has G4, he's a host over like, here, he's WWE you know, doing a bunch. WWE needs the New Day more than the New Day needs WWE at this yes. point. Like, they will be fine. And if they were to pop up anywhere else, they'd be a major attraction. Mm -hmm. Huge merch sellers, hugely talented individuals, and even better as a group. But, like, there's guys... I mean, the fact that we released Hit Row is incredible to me because we just drafted them. Well, it's funny because there was all these rumors that were coming out once they became part of the new roster, or the main roster, that they had all these big things planned for everybody except for BFAB. And we said this when BFAB got released weeks ago, where we were like, you know what, she's the only one on that list or out of that group that did not have big things planned for them. And then the following week or two weeks later, the rest of Hit Row just unexpectedly gets released due to budget cuts and it, it doesn't make any sense i genuinely feel bad for triple h in this because he is building up this these stars and this incredible just dynamic of groups and everything in nxt and then by the time they get to the main roster they flop and they get released and it's crazy to me yeah i mean it's it's tough to like, when we say that we feel bad for Triple H, it's like, it's not like, I mean, he is fine. He yes. will be fine. He's living his dream. But, I mean, he and puts in all this work for them to just turn around and be released. That's exactly what I'm getting at. Is like, his passion project has not only been completely scrapped. Yes. And completely revamped by people that have no even, like, inkling of what, why people watch the original NXT. Right. Right? We that were just talking about been this. Scrapped. Yeah, and we're going to get to it in a second. But, like, if you're Triple H, you not only are watching that get absolutely demolished, mm -hmm. but you're watching all these stars that you built up, people that also talked very positively positively about Triple H. Mm -hmm. Like, so many of them call him, like, like Papa H, and, like, um, like, it's to watch all these people that you helped create it and make into a star either leave or get released, like, what... Why say you that basically all the wasted, time about? It's like they, they wasted five years of Triple H For real. building like, up this massive third brand that two years ago was competing at Survivor Series 
as like the third brain and competed extremely well at that Survivor yeah. Series, they're all gone. All of them. And we said this before, like with uh, the inspiration when when they were the Iconics and they were released, like that Triple H had to have been shook. Those were like his babies. Like all, like, like most created- of the whole women's roster, the women's revolution, had a, Triple H had a lot to do with. And then a lot of these people, Adam Cole, yeah. Johnny Gargano's contract is a- coming up. Allegedly, according to Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful, Johnny Gargano signs a one-week contact- contract extension to get him past War Games, which again, we'll get to in, in a little bit. But... Like, if, if he leaves, that's literally the heart and soul of NXT. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. And um, what we were talking about off-air before we started was that apparently, and WWE does this from time to time, they send out surveys for people to fill out to see where people's heads are at with certain stars, merchandise, things. Yeah, because, uh, you know, why not just listen to the crowd, but of whatever. Of course. And, like, that's something that they should do often, honestly. Yeah, they, if Even they if, want like, our feedback, then they need to somehow put something out to get our feedback. And, like, it's not like it's hard for them to see, like, the reaction on Twitter to certain things. Right. Exactly. With social media, you can see, basically, immediately, how people are responding to what you're putting out. Think about what happened when they put Jeff Hardy in the 24-7 championship, like, group of guys. Yeah. The internet went ape shit. We did not allow that. And now Jeff Hardy is not doing 24-7 championship yeah, stuff. More and we see him every single week. Mm-hmm. So it, they do see that and, and it's smart that they put out this survey asking everything about NXT and what's the difference to you about regular NXT and NXT 2.0 and if you're watching 2.0 and why you like the other NXT better. And I'll tell you why I like the other NXT better. Because it wasn't NXT 2.0. Yeah, if so it's they, not broke, don't fix it. They, yeah, they put out this survey basically saying, you know, why did you watch the original NXT? It was amazing. Do you like the new NXT? No. What do you not like about the new NXT? It's not the old NXT. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, it's so easy to just look at the fact that the ratings have plummeted for NXT 2.0. We don't watch it anymore. No, and that was one, like, I would choose, if we had a sit down before we started this podcast and we were like, all right, we have a little bit of time right now. Do you want to watch Raw or do you want to watch NXT? NXT every time. I'm going to choose NXT majority of the time unless something really good was spoiled for Raw. But, or teased for Raw. I I literally could not tell you what is going on in NXT right now. No, like, we know a couple of the matches that are confirmed. Like, we know War Games is coming up. Right, on the 15th of December, we're definitely going to watch War Games because it's amazing. But, like, the reason why people like NXT is because NXT was professional wrestling. And it was different than Raw and SmackDown. Way different than Raw and SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Especially before they moved to USA when it was just a network exclusive uh, show. Like, it was just like an hour. Right. And you had the Undisputed. Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and... Uh, Bobby Fish and Roddy Strong. You had Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. You had Pete Dunne. And, like, you had all these stars on the show. And it was just, it was professional wrestling. And then all the hardcore fans loved NXT because that's what it was. It was an alternative well, to it Raw was, and SmackDown you it was could so really, different. You could really tell that Triple H and Shawn Michaels were in charge of this because it was, it was like pulled out of their era, you know? And it was like, it, it was just hardcore wrestling again. And it wasn't something that we've seen in a while. And on the main roster, we had all these silly gimmicks. And on NXT, we didn't necessarily have those silly gimmicks. Now 2.0 itself and NXT 2.0 logo looks like a silly gimmick. I, yeah, I don't know who NXT 2.0 is supposed to be for. Right. Like, you have all of these... Yeah, they're, they're bringing back gimmicks like it's the 90s. Like, everybody has a job. Like, you have just... It's so bizarre to me that they changed something that people liked. And remember, this show got brought to USA specifically to compete with AEW on Wednesday nights. Yeah, and it's not... And, and, doing it, well. and it ended up losing that war, not by a ton. No. But it ended up losing that war, and for some reason, it seems like 
people got upset higher up that they lost that Wednesday Night War, which should have never even been started. It should have been, we can have all of these nice things. We don't need to compete with one another. Yeah, and then I liked when one was on Tuesday and one was on Wednesday. Like, when NXT is on Tuesday and now Dynamite is on Wednesday, it wasn't really a competition anymore because they weren't on the same day. But And we got the best of both worlds. But then they go and do this NXT 2.0, and we really did try, man. We tried. And it's trash. It's awful. And we it's such a shame because like i i've already said this tomasa champa is one of my favorite wrestlers and he's on this promotion johnny gargano is incredible he is on this promotion and we are missing two of these guys because we're just not into it it's not the storylines aren't good the whole everything everything is just it not just feels great silly. yes and you have overproduced like it's just not fun so for nxt war games we have two War Games matches set up, and the women you have Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, Cora Jade, Kaylee Ray, versus Dakota Kai, and Toxic Attraction. I don't know why they're feuding, but I know that Cora Jade is basically the star of NXT 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very weird, like for a per- like the. Women on that side, Raquel Gonzalez, fantastic. Io Shirai, fantastic. Has been in NXT way too long. Kaylee Ray just came into NXT at the wrong time. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, had she come into the original NXT from NXT UK, she would fit right in. Mm-hmm. She does not feel like... Like, so many people just feel out of place with this NXT 2.0. Well, we said this about Karrion Cross as well. When he wasn't doing well on the main roster, they could have potentially put him back to NXT, but at that point, it was NXT 2.0, and he wouldn't fit in. And instead, they released him. Karrion Cross is gone. Yeah, and then on that women's side, Toxic Attraction, which has taken over the women's division in mm-hmm. NXT, which I'm fine with, but again, it's like... Who is this for? Because it feels like they're trying to get that 18 to 34 demographic. It's like, let's have very attractive women. Let's make that their whole gimmick. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the 90s, and we have the Divas era back again. And it's just, like, again, like, back in the early 2000s, late 90s, when, like, the whole sex sells thing was very big, and you had the Playboy partnership with WWE. Like, it's, it's weird to say, but there was a lot less access to like beautiful women on like the internet right so like the people like in that 18 to 34 demographic i mean their best shot at looking at these kinds of women yeah you were was watching, watching wrestling yes and like wrestling there's way too much <laughs> on the internet and instagram you can find all of these women all of the women that are in top all of these women, yeah, all, all these of women, the women on the roster you can find pictures of them on their own instagram right i don't need to go tune into nxt to see attractive women well i also I don't feel need like to tune that's... into nxt to see what's going on on nxt because a lot of times wwe in general their social media posts immediately what's happening so we have that's a little too. synopsis right there as it's happening like i just feel like they're trying to go back to what used to work 20 years ago yeah and that doesn't but work the but, whole yeah. ass like the internet changed everything mm-hmm. And, and it just feels like old people that don't realize what's on the internet are trying to put together this show, and it's just not connecting with anyone because it's not for anyone. Well, we've been saying this for a very long time, where something that the WWE goes, like, where they go wrong is the fact that they don't have wrestling fans in the creative room. No, it doesn't seem like it. And, and it te- you know, you can tell. Yeah. You can so tell that there are not enough wrestling fans in the creative room because they're doing these things like pulling things like, oh, that used to work. Let's see if it works again. It doesn't work. It doesn't work again. You also have in that, um, on that same card, Cameron Grimes versus Duke Hudson in a hair versus hair match. You have Imperium versus Logato Del Fantasma. Um, it, like, you have Roderick Strong and Joe Gacy for the Cruiserweight Championship. I don't understand that at all, because Joe Gacy is not a Cruiserweight, but sure. I mean, Buddy Murphy wasn't really a Cruiserweight either. Well, not anymore, he's not. Uh, and then on the men's side for War Games, they are trying to pitch this as NXT versus NXT 2.0, where you have Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and then LA Knight, which I think is funny to consider him, like, original NXT, but sure, versus Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, Tony D'Angelo. I'm just straight up not interested in that. No, I like Braun Breaker a ton. That's crazy because War Games is something that, like, I, I we've watched old War Games. Like, that's something that we could just put on and watch, and it's so cool, and we loved that NXT did that. You know what's missing from this War Games? 
for the first time ever? The Undisputed. Yeah. They made pretty much every one of those War Games matches, and they're all gone. And it seems like those guys are going to move their way over to AEW because that's where Bobby Fish is with Adam Cole. The rumors of Kyle O'Reilly leaving, Bobby Fish kind of teasing the Undisputed. Uh, that was one of my favorite things I've ever seen. I mean, we'll get to AEW, yeah. but the fact that Bobby Fish is there with Adam Cole is beautiful. I, it makes me Slight, miss that. Slight, like, Undisputed references. We're done talking about NXT. Yeah, I'm over it. Because it's, it's not worth us talking about any longer. It's frustrating. I, we love the old NXT. WWE, if you're doing these surveys, and if, you get, if you're a listener that gets one of these surveys, make it very clear that NXT 2.0 is not for you. No, it's not for anybody. Unless it is. Think. If it is, Wait, great. is it for people? I don't know who it's for. Do people like it? I wouldn't leave it on for the dogs. But what we did watch was, of course, Survivor Series, because Survivor Series is one of the classic pay-per-views. Um, unfortunately, Survivor Series didn't get treated like it was a major pay-per-view. No, I mean, the lineup wasn't even all of that great. You'd think that with it being Survivor Series, and we did go champion versus champion, which I am happy about because a couple of years ago, maybe even last year, Survivor Series, it wasn't just champs versus champs. And that was weird because that's not a normal Survivor Series thing. We did do Survivor Series with champs versus champs this year, but it wasn't, I don't know, it just didn't, it, it just didn't it was do missing it for me. It was so missing much. something. It, just, it didn't feel well promoted. It didn't feel hyped up very much. And... Like, for a, a pay-per-view that's been going on for 30-plus years at this point, right? And it's the 25th anniversary of The Rock, which literally we shouldn't even have mentioned because The Rock wasn't there. This is one of my favorite things that was circling the internet for the last, like, few weeks. was just, could you imagine promoting something specifically for The Rock, mentioning The Rock a hundred different times, having a whole, it was just like, sad. battle royale for The Rock, the 25th anniversary of The Rock, and then this man doesn't even show up? It just felt so sad that you're like you're basically promoting this pay per view around a guy that like you're not even gonna have on the show. Exactly. And like it was just it was very bizarre that they weren't promoting it like it was a major show. The Roman versus Biggie build was average at best. And like I mean, we start off like a pre show. It was a disqualification between uh Damian Priest and Shinsuke Nakamura. It was a pre show match, your two mid card champions was a pre-show match, and it ended in disqualification. Right. And, I mean, it just... You know what else happened on the pre-show? Vince McMahon showed up with a with a uh, golden egg from this new movie that The Rock is in. And, like, uh, come on. Yeah, like, come so on. we get your promoting Red Notice, The Rock's movie on Netflix. Cool. But what did, like, for what? Like, did I, I'm guessing Red Notice gave them money. And then that's why they're promoting The Rock so much. And then they have this... Yeah, Vince shows up with a golden egg. That's a hundred million dollar egg. And it's not even a fake egg. It's a it's the real thing. It's Cleopatra's, Cleopatra's real egg. And The Rock gave it to Vince McMahon as a thank you for making The Rock who he is. It was all just very sad. And this rolls into Raw, which... Yeah, because the egg gets stolen. And then Vince McMahon's freaking out because it got stolen. How in the world does it get stolen? And that bleeds into Raw. That becomes like the cliffhanger for Survivor. She's like, oh, t- tune into Monday Night Raw because we're going to find out who stole the egg. Do you know what would have been a better cliffhanger? Better match outcomes. Better anything. I mean, like, like, how is a golden egg getting stolen the reason we should be tuning into Raw? You know why we should be tuning into Raw? Because Becky Lynch was like won against Charlotte Flair and she did it dirty. Yeah, like, that was a very solid match. That women, should have been the reason we were tuning into Raw. That should have been the main event. That match I agree was with built that. better than any other match on the show because there was real personal conflict going into that match. They built around it. Becky sold it in interviews. Charlotte sold it in interviews that there was real heat between the two. And, like, the like the build between Roman and Big E was barely even a build. Yeah, but Roman needs to be the main event. And it's stupid because Becky and Charlotte should have been the main event. It this should've. match was probably the best card on the match. And we had two Survivor Series matches and a Battle Royale and Roman Reigns. Like you had the men's Survivor Series match with Seth and Bobby and Kevin Owens, Finn Bauer, and Austin Theory. Yes, on Team Raw. Versus Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin, and Sheamus. And... Like, again, it was it was a fine match. It was 
you know, I, I always enjoy Survivor Series, these five-on-five five traditional matches. They are always fun. The issue is, again, that there was no build to this. Like, it's supposed to be for brand supremacy, but these guys have been on the show for two weeks. Yeah, and they did nothing to get, well, for the most part, they did nothing to get yeah, like, into this spot. Like, they were just given the spot. Yeah, there was no qualifying Twitter, matches. And then some of them were taken off and replaced. Like, remember, we had both the Mysterios on here, and then the Mysterios were taken off. And at one point, Sami Zayn was on the team, and then Sami Zayn was taken off. So, like, there were some of the guys did go through qualifying matches after they were already announced, yeah. pulled, and then announced again. Either way, at the end of this Raw gets this win. Seth Rollins is the sole survivor on Team Raw. Yeah, and we talked about Jeff Hardy earlier. Jeff Hardy ended up being the last person on Team SmackDown, and he was, I mean, it was, what was it, like 3-1? It was yeah. Hardy versus three other people, and then Hardy gets it to the one-on-one. The crowd is crazy behind Hardy. Like they oh, are yeah, we thought Hardy was going week. to win this. It Everybody was going ape shit, and then Seth Rollins wins. It would have been an awesome way to build Jeff Hardy to be the next guy to face Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. which he has been pushing for hard uh, in every interview on social media. he's Jeff Hardy has been trying to get that match with Roman Reigns. And why not give it to him? You have one, basically your hottest baby face on SmackDown right now mm-hmm. is Jeff Hardy. We can try to push like it's Drew McIntyre. It's not. And we'll get to Drew McIntyre in a second. But Jeff Hardy is the hottest baby face you have on SmackDown. Well, just, the, just, go, just go for it. The just thing do it. is... We know he's not going to win, but it's at least nice to, like, get that hope. It's like, why wouldn't you put Jeff Hardy? He's a big name. He everybody loves him. Yep. You have people that young and old who will come together to watch Jeff Hardy win, and instead you're putting somebody like Seth Rollins who does not need that win to no. be in the main event. You're making him the sole survivor. And honestly, Seth Rollins handles it like a real heel like how he should and he's like oh that's another thing to add to the resume and and it's great but we could have done a lot more with this putting jeff hardy in the winning spot here but either way whatever yeah we had also that uh 25 man battle royal to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the rock debuting at survivor series omas wins yeah cool which was you know we kind of called this we said if they don't get him out in the first few people he's going to be the last man standing yeah. and sure enough he was rk bro beats the usos and then you have sony deville and adam pierce talking to vince because the egg is missing and uh i just like I, the only thing i liked ugh. about all of that egg bullshit was the fact that at one point vince mcmahon was like if this egg isn't found like you are fired and i'm just sitting here like did you you announce all these people being fired on social media yeah, now you're trying fired, to yeah. just like you're, you're trying, trying to, to fire camera. it like as yeah. a threat at this point and like everybody's we already learned everybody's job is in jeopardy you can say you like you might fire them all you want that's a possibility regardless it's already a fear but either way then we had the women's survivor series match where we had team role was bianca belair carmella queen zelina Liv morgan and rhea ripley and team smackdown we had natalia shayna tony storm shotzi and sasha banks and bianca belair ends up as your sole survivor she wins this match and it, I mean, it was a, a fine showing, and it, I would have preferred Liv Morgan yeah. get that spot because, like, again, what are we doing? Like, aren't we supposed to be building Liv up? Like, we're supposed to be building new stars because you have to mm-hmm. because there has to be that next man up. Like, what if Charlotte gets injured? What if Becky Lynch gets injured? You what have if, no uh, other. Stars. What if Roman Reigns gets injured? You have no next man up. What if Becky Lynch gets pregnant? There, exactly. And then we have nothing lined up. Like, do oh, we wait. just find Asuka and be like, hey, Asuka, can you hey. can you come get this again? Hey, where is Asuka? Great question. I'm assuming she's still injured. Uh, there was a picture of her in a sling a few weeks ago. Uh, but either way, like that's what I'm saying. Liv Morgan should have gotten this spot. Right. Bianca Belair is established. We know she's a that's beast. A, we know she's a that star. That is like, in exactly this. what I'm saying with she's Seth Rollins. She's had an amazing year. I'm fine giving her, like, the win at Survivor Series. But, like, let Liv Morgan get to the end. Let her yeah. have, like, she had one elimination in that match, but she gets eliminated too, and then she is the next woman up for, for Becky. It's just, they're not yeah. making anyone look strong. When Liv winning to be the next, like, number one contender for Becky Lynch, 
she should have won this. Whether she had been the sole survivor or not, she like it could have been her and Bianca. Exactly. I guess they yes. wanted to do the sole survivor thing since they did it on both the raw and or I'm sorry, both the women and the men's side. Like they both yeah, had like sole it's, survivors. It's, corny if it's, it, it, it's not as unique if two exactly. people do the same exact thing. Exactly. So they should have done like Bianca and Liv won or something. Like, so it was like again, Liv it was the gets same the comeback. final the final win or the final pin or whatever, and then it's those two win. It could have been done differently. Uh you know, we were originally a few weeks ago talking about having a episode specifically for Survivor series and then we watched Survivor Series, and Wasn't we were it. like, it's not worth a full episode, and now we're done talking about Survivor Series. We're going to jump right into what's going on this week, where we open the show of Raw with, with the egg, with the egg, who the is egg now is like the main character on the Raw roster. Mm-hmm. So Vince McMahon is talking to Sonya and Adam, the egg's still missing, if the egg's not returned, they're fired, blah, 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 but they know nothing until he says that they'll be fired, and then they have surveillance footage, so like they do know something but either way vince is like whoever brings me the egg by the end of the night gets a championship match against big e in the main event tonight yeah which is great whoever brings me this 100 million dollar egg gets a championship opportunity so then of course the whole roster is just in the back destroying the place looking for this gold egg and i'm laughing because you see rhea ripley throwing things it was the highlight of that you see rhea ripley and a few other people throwing yeah. some things but our truth has like a football he thinks it's the egg that was he funny ends up too. in the women's yes. locker room our truth is a joke but I th- like i thought the it was best honestly kind. like it was funny that rhea was looking for it yes because he only said yeah they get a match against big e yes they didn't he did not Rhea's want to get that WWE championship. Yeah, but good for her because she could. She or could. Universal, whatever one they whatever have. Whatever he has. Yeah. So, she, like, I'm laughing because at what point did he say, like, if a woman were to bring it, does that mean they get a, ch- a match against Becky? Or was this solely a man has to bring this to me and they get it? Like, Well, here's the whole ruse because Sami Zayn ends up finding out who has said egg. Mm-hmm. And he basically rats on Austin Theory. Yeah who is the one that stole the egg because he wanted to take a selfie with it. Yeah. And then and got, then like, he, scared. And then Vince doesn't believe him. Mm-hmm. And then Austin Theory show him, shows Vince a picture, a selfie, that mm-hmm. he has taken with the egg back in his hotel room. Vince McMahon, I guess, thinks it's funny or thinks it's, like, he, he, Austin Theory reminded, him, reminded Vince McMahon of his old self. It's just apparently Vince when he was younger, would have stolen a $100 million egg and taken a selfie with it. So he decides to reward Austin Theory, mm-hmm. the man that committed grand theft, yes. with a WWE championship opportunity he against Biggie on the same night, does not give that opportunity to Sami Zayn. But then took a selfie while holding the egg that Austin gave back to him with Austin. So there is now a selfie floating around it's of amazing, Austin honestly. Theory with Vince McMahon holding this dumb golden egg, and it... I might frame it. Honestly, it might it might just get put in our little studio. It's a great photo. I'm here for it. I love Austin Theory. He does get this match later. I mean, obviously, Sami Zayn is pissed off, but Austin Theory gets this match against Big E at the end of the night, and Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins are both at the announce table for this. And it doesn't really matter. Big E retains. We knew yeah. Big E was going to retain. He retains, but it was good to see Seth was fine and at the announce table because earlier in the night, Seth had a match against Finn Balor. And I love Finn Balor. I love Seth Rollins. This was a great match. They are great competitors. They dance beautifully in the ring with each other. Seth gets the win. And as Seth is leaving, a fan comes out of nowhere and attack Seth Rollins. A fan. This is not fake. This is a real moment. A fan from the audience jumped the barricade and attacked a wrestler. Absolutely full-blown sprint and hit stick to Seth Rollins. The cameraman obviously doesn't realize that it is a fan. It starts to zoom in on Yes. And then eventually they realize, like, oh, shit. Because WWE and a lot of wrestling uh, programs do this as well where they don't want to acknowledge these kinds of right. things. So they'll just kind of cut to something else. They start to cut, cutting to highlights of the match, but there is raw footage of the actual moment from like the fans' perspectives. This guy just absolutely blindsides Seth, gets the tackle. Seth ends up being fine. 
they get this guy off of him. And Seth, yeah, ends up later on in the night just coming back out. I'm thankful that you brought up the raw footage from the crowd because in this raw footage of the pictures and it's... uh, Seth dropped some F-bombs, man. Yes, he did. But in the background, you see the entrance because Seth is coming up the rings happens. He's getting ready to go back through the entrance to go to the back. And in the crowd, when they're all recording, you see the entrance when Seth finally gets back up and he's fine. And you see Becky Lynch standing in that entrance. And this girl was about to come out and whoop that fan's ass. You do not mess with the man's man. And she was coming out to defend her man. And I loved everything about that. Where Seth, where Becky's just standing there like, is he good? Is he all right? Is like, that fan going? Like, so, like, there's so many people are so lucky in this scenario. Yes. Seth is very lucky that, like, had he had his back turned like they usually pose for the camera right. on that stage, he could have ended up getting hit a lot harder, but mm-hmm. he, he did kind of at least brace a little bit. It was still like a blind side. That fan is obviously crazy, obviously banned from uh, being at events. Like, guys, like, what are we doing? Yeah. What, like, what do you think your end goal is here when you, like, jump the barricade? Even Very stupid. his, like, reasoning was stupid. We're not going to get into it. It was all yeah. silly and dumb, and he shouldn't have done it. If you are a fan, stay where you're supposed like, to stay. If this was in, like, the 90s, like, the early 2000s, the wrestlers would have beat the shit out of this guy. Yeah, and Seth tried to put him in a sleeper, but then the, um, or in a chokehold, and, but the refs pulled both Seth and him apart. Yeah, like, that guy is That guy could have gotten hurt. Seth could have gotten seriously yeah. hurt. Becky Lynch was ready to come out. That fan would have gotten even more hurt. Like, things could have gone way worse than how they went. Uh, But that also proves that, like, some things aren't fake. And that's kind of scary. You know, like, that could have been a scary moment. And luckily, everybody is safe and they're fine. Uh, But we can jump into Becky Lynch now because speaking of her, she did have an interesting little backstage promo with Liv where Becky starts telling Liv that she's embarrassing herself and she's, you know, she's making fun of her because Liv looks like she's going to cry. And then Liv just gets one good hit on Becky. And it was the first time in this little feud that I felt that we were kind of giving Liv one up. Yeah, but even still, like, before that, it, like, it looked like Liv Morgan was going to cry because Becky is just saying, like, you know, you're embarrassing your friends who aren't even here anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it literally looked like Be- like Liv Morgan was going to cry, and Becky Lynch, like, starts saying that, like, what are you going to cry? You're a little crybaby, and then Liv does pop her, but, like, it, it's, we're not building Liv like she's going to be even, like, competing in this match. Right. Like, we're basically just being like, okay, you're a placeholder will eventually get to something else for Becky, but, like, we're not building it. Like, I have no hope that Liv Morgan is going to win this match. Yeah, I agree with that. And the same thing is going on on SmackDown um, with Charlotte, which we'll get to in a second. Like, we're, we're going to wrap up Raw here because really nothing else interesting happens. Damian Priest has an open challenge. Sami Zayn answers it even though he's on SmackDown, but he's there because he knows who stole the egg. Like, Randy and Riddle are still doing their thing. He dre- Riddle dressed up like Randy Orton. Like, he's full-blown, literally Randy Orton He's now. literally Randy Orton. Like, the facial hair and everything, even though that was fake. We have new women's tag team champions. Uh, Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea lost those tag team titles to Carmella and Queen Zelina, who, I mean, Queen Zelina, since that whole SmackDown debacle of 9-11, they have treated her literally like royalty. Yeah, she's now a champion. She's yeah. the queen and also a champion. I'm very intrigued to see what they call them because... We have, like, the Princess of Satin Island and Queen Zelina. Like, they should just be the royal, like, the royal beauties or something. Royal, yeah, royal something. You know? Um, but we'll see how that Bobby goes. Lashley beat up the Mysterios. That cool. was fine. We have a new 24-7 champion. Uh, Cedric Alexander and Reggie got to have a match. Cedric wins. The rest of the locker room comes out, including Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke is the new 24-7 champion. Good for Nobody her. wanted to pin her because she's a woman and it was all men. And that shit sexism. made me laugh so hard. Straight up sexism. Because honestly, I mean, Dana Brooke, we've kind of talked shit on a handful of times, but could take half of those men. So, fight yeah. her. Uh, but they won't. So, let's see what woman does. Because You know what? We know we have. There is precedent that apparently Reggie is allowed to wrestle women. Yes, he has. So Sasha, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if Naya. next week we get Reggie versus Dana Brooke. Which, my God, will I be fast forwarding that on like the highest fast forward setting? Uh, but yes, yeah, SmackDown. We start off with the lovely Kayla with Paul and Roman in the ring to open the show. Kayla Braxton starts talking about these rumors that Brock Lesnar is going to be coming back. Paul Heyman absolutely annihilates Kayla. <laughs> On Yo, the microphone Paul for like five and Roman minutes. are so mean to her. Yeah. 
They're uh, so about, mean like, to her. These rumors are false. Don't come with us with rumors. This is bad journalism. All this nonsense. And, I mean, later on in the night, they do the same thing. Like, if you're going to, you know, start these rumors, you better have confirmation from people. You can call Brock Lesnar if you want. I don't have his number. I don't have his new phone number, says Paul Heyman. So, basically, the whole night is Kayla's basically looking around like, is Brock Lesnar going to be coming back? Right. And Roman has this little in-ring promo during all of this where he makes a comment about when my days are done here, which could be sooner than later, the whole world will acknowledge me. Basically saying that he's fact and he doesn't need rumors. But that comment sent the wrestling world into like hysterics. Like everybody thinks that Roman's leaving the WWE now. Well, it's very similar to when Kevin Owens yes. made that same kind of comment. Yes. But it, it doesn't, it's not as weighty because it's... Uh, Kevin Owens didn't have as much weight because, you know, he's not currently the champion. I do think Kevin Owens will leave. Yeah, I don't uh, think. I think we are gearing up towards that, but I uh, there's no way Roman's leaving. I don't Here's think Roman's leaving. Here's what I think we're doing with Roman. Because he did mention uh, when Vince McMahon showed him the egg. Mm-hmm. Like, so go, going back to Survivor Series, this is so asinine to, to even say that this is a real thing that happened. Vince McMahon is at his desk with Roman Reigns. And Vince is showing him this egg that Roman Reigns' cousin, The Rock, gave him. Mm-hmm. Says it's worth $100 million. It's real. Roman says, $100 million sounds like my next contract. Yeah. And then leaves. Hell yeah. And now Roman's talking about how he might leave sooner rather than later. I think this is actually gearing up towards a storyline CM Punk-esque, I'm going to leave the company with the title. Because I think we're going to start building up... Roman saying things like, oh, my contract's going to be up soon. The negotiations aren't going well. Like, they don't value me as much as I need to be valued. I've already beaten everyone. Why would I stay? Mm-hmm. The problem with that is, who's taking that title? Yeah, no one. They're not building anybody up for it. It's going to be Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre or is... Or Brock Lesnar. I don't think it's going to be Brock. Because on this, um, on this SmackDown, right, we had a Black Friday Battle Royal. Right. Where you're going to have, what, it was like 20 people? Or f- uh, 18 people, I think it was. Yeah, I actually, a, a nice round yeah. number. Sure. Uh, 18 people, Battle Royal. The winner of that gets to face Roman Reigns for the championship at a undetermined date. And once again, we thought Jeff Hardy had it. Yeah, Jeff Hardy does end up being the last person in the ring until Sami Zayn apparently wasn't eliminated. Sami yeah. Zayn actually wins this. Um, and then gets completely ignored because Kayla finds out that Brock Lesnar is going to be here on SmackDown yes. next week. But His suspension has been lifted. With this Battle Royal, earlier in the night, people are trying to figure out who's in this Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Adam Pearce doesn't know, which is insane. Yeah, he said, I'll let you guys know when it's posted outside of my door or some okay. shit like that. So, in this Battle Royal, you have people like T-Bar. You have people like Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo, who apparently got to keep his last name all of a sudden. Um, no, he's just Humberto now. No, he's Humberto Carrillo, because it said on the nameplate... Angel with Humberto Carrillo. So either they don't know yeah, or they're, they're, testing they're flip-flopping back and forth. But either way, in this battle royal, you have Mansoor, Jinder Mahal, Shanky, Rick Boog, Sheamus, uh, Ricochet, Eric and Ivar. Drew McIntyre mm-hmm. does not get into this battle royal. Right. Instead, when all the men are in this battle royal, are in the ring, Drew McIntyre comes down with his sword and starts swinging it like he's going to murder somebody. I just don't understand why he still has a sword. I don't. Nobody does. Okay. Uh, but I think we're going to start building this up to be somebody in upper management is trying to keep Drew McIntyre down. Just like how Sonya's trying to keep Naomi down. Yes, but in a... <laughs> not to quite the same sticks. Right. Um, because we have kept Drew and Roman separate. Right. Since Drew has gotten to SmackDown. Drew's just been having these random matches. And it's weird because he did have a random match. It was Drew McIntyre mm-hmm. and Jeff Hardy versus Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. Drew and Jeff won this match. Mm-hmm. And then Jeff, Happy Corbin, and Madcap Moss went on to be in this battle royal later in the night. Not Drew McIntyre. But not Drew McIntyre. That's why I think we're going to build Drew McIntyre up to be like he's being held down for some reason. He can be the one to eventually take on Roman. I wouldn't do it. Because I don't... Like, Drew has lost so much momentum, it's insane. Yeah, because this is what the WWE does. Like, he was... He dragged them through that COVID era of the Thunderdome shows on Raw. And, like, since he's moved SmackDown, really hasn't done anything. He's really the only guy on SmackDown left that could, pop, like, theoretically at least pose a challenge to Roman Reigns. 
Um, I mean, we could go Brock Lesnar. I think it would just be a waste to ruin what is now a record-breaking run for Roman with this title. Well, he has a little bit. He has a little bit longer to beat Brock's thing. Brock was like five oh four, and Roman's at like four fifty or something days holding this title. Which a little bit of me thinks it's going to be Brock to break his streak because. Brock's one to break streaks. We've learned that in history. But I wouldn't do it. What I don't like about all of this is while Sammy is being announced as the winner, I have such a soft spot for Sammy Zayn. I love this man. I love the way he wrestles. I love his paranoia. I love everything about him. And while he is being announced as the winner is when Kayla gets a little information through her earpiece and she stops announcing him and starts saying that Brock's suspension has been lifted. And then the rest of this gets turned into the fact that Lesnar will be at SmackDown next week. But this information is more important than the winner of this battle royal, which means why do we even care about the winner of this battle royal? It doesn't make any sense. What do why are why do we care that Sammy won this? Well, it also doesn't make sense that Sammy is a clear heel. Yes. And Roman is a clear heel. Yes. Why are we doing this in the first place? Why not give it to Jeff? Why wasn't it Jeff? Like I think I think this title shot is just gonna be like, they're going to say, like, oh, they're going to have a title defense on Fox and it's going to be free on TV. I think it's either Roman's just going to smash Sammy in a quick, like, yeah. squash match or Brock Lesnar interferes somehow and destroys Sami Zayn. And then we can just all move on. Sami Zayn keeps his weird conspiracy theorist gimmick. And, like, it, it just seems like it was just a waste. It just seemed like the whole thing was just a waste just to, like, get a, a high rating. Like, oh, we're, we're putting together a, a big... It, it's You know what else is a waste? waste? What they're doing with Tony Storm. Yeah, so that was my biggest gripe, I think, of this whole week. For real. What a mess. Literally and figuratively, a mess. So, Charlotte's out here. She lost to uh, Becky Lynch at Survivor Series. But she's still the best that SmackDown has to offer. Tony Storm, the week prior, uh, decided to challenge Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Charlotte kind of laughs her off, doesn't give her the time of day. Great way to make your face look strong. Sure. Tony Lynch, or Tony... Storm <laughs> comes back out again this week. Mm-hmm. She wants her title shot. Right. Charlotte doesn't give her the time of day. Charlotte kind of just attacks her because she doesn't know. She doesn't even know who Tony Storm is. Right. Which right? is bullshit, but okay. Of course. Yeah, total bullshit. She throw, She tries to attack Tony Storm. Tony Storm throws her out of the ring. Awesome. Look at that. We, we had the face actually dispose of the heel. The mm-hmm. heel can walk off in shame because the face went up to her. Nope. No, Charlotte will never just walk off into shame. Tony Storm gets out of the ring, and because it's Thanksgiving, well, this is, was uh, the left- pies This and- was the leftovers from Rick Boogs and Angel's Thanksgiving leftover match. Which we're not going to talk about because it was so stupid. So dumb. And it happens every year. It's just a right. stupid match. To- uh, Charlotte decides to take a pie and pies Tony Storm in the face. Right. Cool. Whatever. You know what? It's a great way to get heel heat. It's fine. It's very cheap. It's very lazy, but fine. And then Charlotte walks away and then comes back. Mm-hmm. Takes another pie, pies Tony Storm again. I'm, I just and Tony Storm does nothing. Looks that, like she's going to cry. That's my biggest like thing with this. Tony Storm did nothing. So you mean to tell me that that creative team back there has nothing? They can't figure out something to set up this powerhouse of a woman, the 2018 May Young Classic winner, the number one contender. They're just going to let her be humil- humiliated on the main roster? Of course, because we're not going to mention that. We're not going to mention that she is a very talented pro wrestler. We're not going to mention that she's been in NXT for years. We're not going to mention that she was the May Young Classic winner. We're not going to mention her potential. We're not going to mention any of that because we have to make Charlotte look strong. But what? And this is, again, the same exact problem that you had on Raw. Right. Where Becky Lynch is just humiliating Liv Morgan. Mm-hmm. Liv Morgan at least got a, a shot in there, right? Tony Storm doesn't get anything in this. Gets made to look like an absolute loser. Mm-hmm. And Weak. Like, I'm supposed to now be interested in her facing Charlotte for the Women's Championship. Do you know what else I don't like about this? The fact that they're running parallel Raw and SmackDown. We used to say this before where SmackDown was better than Raw because it was doing different things. And now we have the exact same thing happening on both shows. And I hate it. But... Luckily for us, we have AEW throughout the week to help us because AEW did something that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life on Dynamite. They opened the show with CM Punk coming out and MJF interrupts him and this in-ring promo 
was just one of the best promos I've ever seen, and they did not lay a hand on each other. So to set the stage for this a little bit, the previous week, MJF and CM Punk had a very short little interaction where CM Punk is in the ring just looking at MJF. MJF puts his hand out, says, Maxwell. You know, he wants to introduce himself to Punk. Punk doesn't say anything, doesn't shake his hand, just turns around, walks away. And clear disrespect, obviously. So the following week, this past week, we had MJF and CM Punk in the ring for what was literally 20 minutes Mm -hmm. of some of just the best promo work we've seen in years. And we... We had talked about this since we didn't, unfortunately, we didn't have a chance to talk about this on the podcast yet, but when we saw this feud starting to just become what it what it is, an actual feud, we were going, oh my god, their, their mic work is going to just be beautiful against each other, and it was. It was everything that I ever wanted and more out of these two men. MJF references the pipe bomb. Of course he does. And he says that even though Punk is straight edge, he looks like a crack addict. Which, fuck. But whatever. Punk then turns around and says that he knows he's in MJF's head. And it's probably because he had posters of him on his wall growing up. And you think that you're someone, but in reality, you're a less famous Miz. Very rude thing to say of CM Punk to MJF. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just the back and forth, so many amazing one-liners and zingers. MJF is bringing up that CM Punk wasn't better than the King of Kings. He wasn't better than the You Can't See Me Man. You weren't. He wasn't good enough to be, like, the guy. And At he one had point, to leave he wrestling. even said, like, you know, yeah, I might have grown up watching you, but you might as well come out here preaching hustle, re- loyalty, and respect. And just uh, oohs and ahs from the like, crowd. Like, oof, what a, what a thing to say to somebody. Punk talks about how MJF... Because MJF was talking about how he was one of the four pillars and Darby was one of the four pillars. And CM Punk says that he hasn't even realized that he's not the fourth pillar and that he's been replaced by Britt Baker. Perfect. And that the only way he's going to be number one in this company is if we all wait around long enough for Tony to have a daughter and MJF marry her. Got him. And just, I mean, we could have just stopped the show. We, we should have just wrapped it up. Like we should have had JR be like, you know what? Thanks for yes. tuning in. We're gonna, we're all going to go home. And everybody would have been fine. And they could have lit the entire stadium on fire and just <laughs> built it up again. Call it the third city in Chicago. It's just the the absolute, like this, apparently this promo went long. Right. They had to end up cutting down uh, on some of the other segments in the show. But you could have just given us 45 minutes to an hour. You could have had an Iron Man promo match between these two where they don't even touch, they just talk. And that's all this was. Yes. was talk. That's all we need between these two. And they sold their match in 20 minutes. Right. More than WWE has sold any main event in the last year. And they referenced old WWE better than WWE references old WWE. Well, that's the thing with AEW is that pro wrestling exists. Inside of AEW and outside of AEW. So they have not, like, they don't go out of their way to not mention other things that have happened on other shows. Like, when Brian Danielson came out the night after Full Gear, when uh, Hangman Page is celebrating with the Dark Order, Brian Danielson comes out and he's talking about how, you know, you're just here to celebrate the night after when I won at WrestleMania. I had a match the next night. Like, we, like AEW acknowledges that pro wrestling exists outside right. of AEW. WWE doesn't... WWE barely acknowledges that WWE exists outside of WWE. Exactly. Like, NXT doesn't exist. NXT UK doesn't exist. The Mae Young Classic that we talked about never happened. Like, Which is crazy to me, because I loved the Mae Young Classic, but we used people from other promos, and we can't do that anymore. And that's annoying. But WWE does not know how to reference themselves. No. And it's crazy to me. Like, you made a good point where you just said NXT UK. When Dewdrop came here, when Kaylee... What's her name? Kaylee Kaylee Wright. Kaylee Wright came here. They're like, oh, who is this? What do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean? What do you mean? They're NXT people. Yeah. Like, they are still in our company. There are so many things that just in this 20-minute promo that CM Punk and MJF were able to reference years' worth of history Mm -hmm. in the wrestling world that 
the WWE doesn't even blink an eye at anymore. They don't even acknowledge that information anymore. We're not allowed to talk about CM Punk in WWE anymore. I know, yeah. Like, he's on the Voldemort list. There are a few of them, you and know? on the other end, AEW will reference anybody and everybody from any right. era, company, business, promotion, whatever Except it is. for the Undisputed. They did cut. They did make sure that well, Bobby Fish didn't, didn't do it. What, that was the highlight of my week. Yes. It was a couple weeks ago when Bobby Fish and Adam Cole are talking to the Young Bucks and Bobby Fish is talking about like how they're him and Adam Cole make such a great team, and that's undisputed. But like he's about to do the the hand thing with the undisputed era, and Young Bucks is like we can't do that here. Like like it's those things like that. But even that, like we can't do that here. Like that little like giggle and and saying that. Yeah, like the it, inside jokes. Like yes. hey guys, hey everyone that's watching mm-hmm. is a pro wrestling fan and knows who these people are and right. what they've been doing for the last five years. They don't insult our intelligence as much because like. I mean, again, we referenced it earlier on. Like, in WWE, they had a match months ago where Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart won a title opportunity for the women's tag team titles. We never heard of that ever again. No, it never happened. And now Tegan Knox isn't even on the roster anymore. And it's it's just stuff like that. It's just consistency. Like, we had on this past uh, Rampage, we had a match between Riho and Britt Baker. And if Riho won this match against Britt Baker, she would get a championship opportunity against Britt Baker later on. The reason she gets this opportunity is because months ago, we had an over-the-top battle royal that had Riho in it. She didn't actually get eliminated over the top rope. She got thrown through the middle rope. And then they said, well, she was never actually eliminated. We're going to give her this title opportunity. Like, the just the fact that like we have that kind of consistency on such a right. small thing mm-hmm. that happened a while ago. Like, that kind of consistency is what is actually, you're driving a story now. You're not just rewriting, like, I feel like Vince McMahon writes every show two hours before the show. Yes. And, and just doesn't want to reference anything from the mm-hmm. past week. And he doesn't remember anything from the past week. And the no. writers in the creative team are not wrestling fans, so they don't care about what happened in the past, Clearly. and they don't know what happened in the past. And now we're getting off topic. But either way, CM Punk and MJF had this beautiful in-ring promo, and then MJF rolls out of the ring before anything can get physical, and CM Punk has his match against QT Marshall, where and nobody cares. he wins. Yeah. Uh, but the, I mean... On this same show, Billy and Colton Gunn face Bear Country. And I just want to talk real quick about Billy Gunn. Dude. Billy Gunn is older than Goldberg. Okay? Billy Gunn's 58 years old. Doesn't look a day over 35. He looks better than his son. That dude is so jacked, it's insane. At one point, him and... Uh, it was Colton that he was with, right? They they go to walk up the ramp afterwards because they win this match. They go to leave. And they're walking just backwards side by side. And I'm watching them and I'm like, holy shit. This man looks in better shape. Like... And he just we, don't, we just don't give him enough credit because no. we always talk about how great Bobby Lashley looks for his age, how great Bob, how great Bill Goldberg looks for his age. Billy Gunn is older than them. He looks ama- he looks he better looks than his son who yeah. is in his twenties. He moves great. He hits great. He ends up standing tall over Sting after a yes. match where he lost to Darby Allen. And like they're actually kind of pushing the Gun Club here because they've never actually lost as a team. Yeah, they're going to have a match next week between the Gun Club and Sting and Darby Allen because both teams have never lost. It like just a quick shout out to Billy Gunn. It, I've been a fan it looks of his incredible. since like I like he's been around since the 90s. Like I remember right. him, he was in the Attitude Era with DX and he looks better than anyone. He looks better than Triple H. He does. He looks better than Road Dogg, he looks way better than Xbox. Like he looks way better than everybody from that era and like all we ever want to talk about is like oh Sting moves great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Gunn looks like a legit threat today. Yes. And he is. He doesn't just look like it. He yeah. is a legit threat. And then, I mean, the other big story with AEW right now, obviously, is Hangman Page. He finally gets that win. He is your AEW champion. Kenny Omega is going to take some time off. He had a backstage segment with the Young Bucks and Adam Cole where he's saying, you know, take care of things. And Adam Cole just says, like, you know, we got it. And Kenny gives him, like, a, no, I was, I was talking to the Bucks. Yeah, Very like- rude. Adam, to me, Adam Cole thinks he's going to just slide into that, like, leader role because Kenny's gone and then the Young Bucks are coming in. And that's perfect for what I want to happen in AEW. Yeah, we we basically just want a undisputed. 
I think Kyle <laughs> I'll, I'll O'Reilly, re-run. I will tell you, I think Kyle O'Reilly, once he's done in NXT, he is going to come over here too. And then we will have all of the Undisputed here. And then Adam. Not Roddy. We're not going to get Roddy out. No, no, no. Just those two. The original well, those Undisputed. three. The original, right. So we have Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole, and then also the Young Bucks. And Adam Cole is kind of like the quote-unquote leader of this group Mm -hmm. until there's beef between the Young Bucks and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole chooses their side and then by that point Kenny Omega can come back and then we can have an Adam Cole-Kenny Omega feud feud, and then also a whole like elite verse undisputed which whatever they will be named in AEW and that'll be just perfect. They also left a little Easter egg in here because at Full Gear both young bucks kind of gave the nod to Hangman. Right. That, like, go ahead. Like, it's your time. We're not going to interfere. We're not going to mess this up for you. Kenny Omega says in this backstage promo that he's going to take time off, but he hasn't watched mm-hmm. the match over again. So in my head, I'm thinking, if he hasn't seen it, he hasn't seen that the young bucks didn't help him. Right. So I can't imagine he'll be pleased when he does come back. But he is also relinquishing the AAA championship. Mm-hmm. That's going to be um, up for grabs with a ton of people. At the next Triple Mania show, Bobby Fish is in there. Uh, you have just, I think it's like a five-way match for that Triple A championship. Uh, but yeah, Kenny is, Kenny's gone for the time being. Mm-hmm. And we are moving towards Hangman versus Brian Danielson. And like we wanted, Brian is clearly the heel. And he's not even being a heel in like he had to turn. He's just telling the truth in a very cocky way. And he wants to take out every member of the Dark Order to, until he can finally get to Hangman, and he is doing exactly that. Yeah, but Hangman doesn't want that because Hangman came out and said, like, right after Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson beats Colt Cabana, Hangman comes out and he offers to defend his championship right here, right now against Ludicrous. Brian Danielson. And Brian Danielson's like, no, I just had a match. That's an easy win for you. We're not doing that. Does still get a good hit on Hangman, and then rolls out of there. But I love heel Danielson. I love it. I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. It, it, it was such an easy transition for easy, him, easy and transition. everybody loves it. It's he like brings I back am, the like the fans are fickle. Exactly. Which he used to say in WWE. I am slowly, slowly, and impatiently waiting for heel Punk. But I got heel Danielson to hold me over, and I'm ready for it. He'll, I mean, he's basically redoing the Planet's Champion gimmick that he had in WWE, just in a very like just in a different way he he wants to basically kill off every member of the dark order right in their hometowns mm-hmm. and he's doing that he's beaten evil uno he's beaten colt cabana literally not kicked a tooth out of colt cabana's head. oh my god and then he held it in his hand and showed the camera yep. oh my god i'm gonna throw and he's up. gonna face alan angels next week in alan angels hometown brian danielson i mean i love this i love that he's just gonna run through every single one until he finally gets to hangman and that's gonna be a fantastic match we also had Cody Rhodes and the Death Triangle versus Andrade, Malachi Black, and FTR. Andrade and like and Malachi Black, I, I don't understand their friendship. It really hasn't been explained at all. They both just seem to hate Cody. Yeah, it's, it's I think we've said this <laughs> like, before. Like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I know. It's just it's very it's funny to me. That well, which was exactly why like, Pack even teams up with Cody, even in this. Yeah. Like, that's exactly why they're doing it, because Pac has an enemy here that is also Cody's enemy. And we're going to get Cody versus Andrade again this coming week. Uh, we had Adam Cole and Bobby Fish team up on Rampage to beat Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta. Riho, which we talked about earlier, that Riho got this um, this Black Friday match. It's like a Black Friday deal match. For some reason, SmackDown had a Black Friday Battle Royal. Rampage had a Black Friday. We just had to mention yeah, it was that Black it's Friday. Black Friday, right? Um, season premiere of Raw. But <laughs> Riho does actually get this win over Britt Baker. She does. So Riho will get a title opportunity against Britt Baker later on in the future. I'm not feeling it, but fine. There is some weird... Because Jamie Hayter got eliminated from this TBS title tournament and had a little bit of beef with Britt Baker. Oh, and they're right. teasing that there's some dissension. Thunder Rosa advanced in that on Dynamite. We did yes. not talk about that. Um, but yeah, Jamie Hayter lost that match. And she wasn't happy. Mm-mm. And if you've noticed in weeks prior, every time they do the uh, the Tony Schiavone interview in the back, they do the DMD. Shivani does it. Rebel does it. Britt Baker does it. Jamie Hayter never does it. I know. You were so mad about that last week, too. Before she this match even it. happened, you and were like fuming about it. Jamie Hayter was super late coming down the entryway with Britt Baker to this match with Riho. There's clearly something going on there. 
we do have another semifinal match coming up this week on Dynamite. It seems like Ruby Soho probably is going to move on in this tournament. The TBS title tournament has been a very slow build. I like it because we're not forcing anything. We're not rushing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we also had Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia, which was built up over like just some random shit. I like this with Eddie Kingston, though, where it doesn't take him much to build up his feud. He's so angry. But he's so... It, no, he's it's passionate. It's basically, hey, if you, it's like if you man, just piss off at Eddie Kingston a little bit, yes. you're like, it, like he's Like, he's very passionate about what he does, and if you, in any way, shape, or form, come in between him and what he wants the outcome to be, you're just, like, dead to him. And he... He went against Daniel Garcia, he wins, and then 2.0 starts just attacking him, and then Jericho, who's on commentary on Rampage, which I'm not a fan of, which is why we don't talk about that anymore, he comes running down from commentary and saves Kingston. And it was kind of more of a just like a three-on-one, and that's why he saved him, I think. Well, he doesn't like 2.0. He's made that clear. Yes. And the fact that 2.0 plus Daniel Garcia are attacking Eddie Kingston, and Eddie Kingston is literally in this handicap match, basically. Jericho comes to his rescue, and that's how we close out Rampage. And then there's one last thing that we didn't get to touch on, because we did have Jay Lethal versus Sammy Guevara a couple weeks ago for the TNT Championship. Sammy Guevara did retain, and then he gets attacked by Tony Nese this past week, because Tony Nese is now in AEW. And Tony Nese is going to be your next challenger for the TNT Championship against Sammy Guevara. Tony Nese said something along the lines of, like, the only reason you're TNT champion is because, like, guys like me weren't available yet. I'm sorry, Tony. I'm sorry, but what are you talking about? You know who can say things like that? Brian Danielson. Because yeah, he like, did. He Tony came Nese, out and said something like that, and he has history to back that. Like, Tony Nese's gimmick is that he's this, like, super athlete in an era where there's a fuck ton of, of super athletes yeah like, like there's he's not nothing special. yeah there's nothing unique about tony niece like he's a fantastic wrestler and he's got a great look but like you are not a big free agent get right like, of all the free agents that are available right now like i'm sorry i don't like the same Guevara beat miro yeah but like you are not a bigger free agent than jay lethal is Mm-mm. like I, if they put the title on on tony niece let's just scrap the title but i mean <laughs> just for get real. rid of it over yeah. it but listen, we had a touch on a lot this week, a little bit of everything, because unfortunately, like we said, we didn't have an episode last week. So now we will be back to normal with our episodes every Monday. We will try to watch War Games when that comes out. Hopefully we'll judge then whether or not we have an episode specifically for that, or if we will do an episode just kind of involved with everything else. In the meantime, follow us everywhere at HeBookSheBook. And don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and review everywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, guys.